This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is a Future of What single. If you want to get the whole thing, visit our website at KillRockStars.com slash The Future of What. Support for The Future of What comes from Merch Table. Since 2002, Merch Table has operated and managed online stores for hundreds of successful musicians, record labels, comedians, artists, and small businesses. Big or small, set up shop today by visiting MerchTable.com. We're talking to Ian Mackay of Discord Records. Ian, welcome to the future of what? Thank you. So today we are talking about Mark Robinson, musician extraordinaire, and I wanted to talk to you because when I was interviewing Mark, he talked about how when he got Teen Beat started and when he was a young musician, he really looked up to Discord. And I know that he wrote you a letter. Yes. (laughs) And so I also know that you happen to have that letter. I do. Yeah, I do. I I actually scanned it and sent it to him recently within the last year. I found it in my archives and scanned it and sent it to him. And I really... I really want him to give it a number, like, you know, the team beat numbering thing, but I don't know if he's ever, I don't know if he's agreed to it, but it's a pretty great letter. Did he tell you about it? No, but you told me about it, so I want to hear about it. Yeah, it was pretty great. It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I was really surprised to come across it, and it says, basically, I think this is from 1984, 85, I reckon, and he says, yeah, 785, July 85. He says, I'm in a band in Arlington called Unrest. We're not exactly the most popular band in Arlington, obviously. <laughs> Unrested played nine live shows, mostly at parties, and the Wakefield High School talent show. But now most of the members of the band are going up to college, so we're interested in putting out a 7-inch EP record. We've already released a cassette, recorded at home with two mics hooked up to a stereo, Team Beat Records, and we've sold about 60 of the tapes, most of them at school. I sold about 10 of them to three record stores in New York City when I went there. Could you please tell me some helpful hints about the record business? I'll let you know things such as where to record, press the records, print the covers, how to distribute. Hopefully the band can play reunion gigs during vacations. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, Mark Robinson. I guess he would have been, I'm trying to think how old he would have been at that time. I guess he was in high school. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He would have been in high school. Yeah, he was a young kid. I mean, he was really, I think he was shocked when it reappeared. Also, I think, let me see, I think on the back of a, oh, it's on the back of a government issue flyer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I can find it. It's so funny. That's so cool. It was a government-issued TSOL naked ray gun and serial killer flyer from oh June 20th, 85. It's written on the back of that flyer. That's amazing. That yep. is amazing. Pretty funny. And he lived not that far from where Discord House is. Discord House is in Arlington, Virginia, which is just across the Potomac River from Washington. It's about you know a five-minute drive into town, but it's just across the river and sort of very culturally very different. We moved out here in 1981, you know, the bunch of D.C. punk kids who had to get out of their houses, and we needed a place that we could practice mm-hmm. that wasn't attached. And so we moved to Arlington, but we didn't really know any Arlington people. Mark was living, you know, I never knew him out here at all. My first recollection of Mark really is more connected with there's a group house on S Street in the Burleith neighborhood of Washington, and it was people like Amy Pickering, who was worked for Discord for many years and was a singer of Fire Party, and Lydia Ely was living there, I think. 
she worked on the band DC book and was just a really involved punk, very good friend. And Molly Burnham, it was all women living in that house. And I, my recollection is meeting Mark there the first time that he was just this, a kid who, you know, and his manner, have you ever met Mark? Before? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So his manner at first, he's a little aloof. He's a little aloof. So like, I think that, you know, the time I think I thought he probably didn't like me or something. <laughs> Or whatever. I don't know. He was much. He's younger than me. Not a lot younger, but you know, at the time he was. But he just seemed a little aloof, and I thought, oh, he just doesn't like me, which was not uncommon. There were a lot of people in the <laughs> punk scene who would take an attitude with me. But it wasn't like we were unpleasant with each other. I just he was seemed like. I think mostly he was just probably shy. Yeah. But I didn't. You know, I was really unaware of what was going on in the teen beat world. I knew other people. You know, like Jenny Toomey and Simple Machine Records and. You know, they were more connected to Team B. They knew they knew Mark, and they were sort of they were also ran. They, they had a label that ran out of a house in Arlington as well. And Ginny and Kristen. It was interesting. There was a period of time where we had Simple Machines, and we had Team Beat and Discord and Slow Dime, and there was a handful of other labels here that were. They all had their own sort of yeah. They had their own thing, which I just thought was so cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, people keep asking me about scenes in America and I'm like, I feel like scenes in America are kind of making a comeback. I think the internet kind of flattened everything for a minute. Definitely. But now I feel like we're coming back to scenes because people are realizing that actually, you know, the way that you really have a real music career is you make friends in bands and you play with those bands and everybody, you know, gets together and it's, it's definitely more local. You know, you can't just put your music out on the internet and sit home and like wait for something to happen. You actually have to make something happen. But I love the, you know, I love talking about the old scenes because I really feel like those were the days, you know, that's that's how we made it happen in all these different places. Well, punk at that time, especially punk was super regional to begin with. Totally. That was, you know, and I think that was sort of the, the idea that, you know, we read about punk in England and we read about punk in New York, but if we wanted to have anything punk here, we better just form a band. You right. know? And that was, that was really it. It was just like, and then it was like, Oh, now we got something to do. Yeah. Let's keep doing it. So we have something to do for now on. Yep. And I think that the regionality, as you can imagine with like discord, I mean, it was completely deliberate to never put out anything, but DC area bands. It was like, there was just the idea it was like to keep it, to stick to the original plan, which was to document what was happening here. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that was sort of the, the really the emphasis was on the sort of the regionality of, of the of the situation. Exactly. So I thought it was super cool when Mark came along and started picking up all these kind of weird sort of side, these little smaller weird projects and all of his, you know, he just had a, a different aesthetic and it was, it was great. And then Brendan and Guy were, got to be pretty tight with Mark. And every year they would have these, he would have the, the Team Beat Banquet at this Chinese restaurant not far from here, actually, just a five or six blocks up the road from here. And they would go every year. And I never got invited. I always thought, like, <laughs> man, you know. But I've never, I actually once asked Mark, I said, why didn't you ever, why didn't you invite me? I don't remember what he said. But I mean, the thing is, I really, I I really respect the guy. I think he's he's super driven. He's really visionary. And he's a, his aesthetic is pretty incredible. Like his, his, his ideas about, you know, the way he approaches things. He's, he's, I think he's very pragmatic, but he also is really, he likes beauty and he makes beautiful things, Yeah, which I really appreciate. And, you know, I, I like, he's been making these little films recently, which I think are really beautiful. There's studies and he's a fascinating guy. Yeah. Really interesting fellow. Yeah, absolutely. 
And have you seen his little duo with his wife that they're touring with? I've not, but I, I also really love her too. Evelyn's great. It's very cool. It's uh, it's really different and also very beautiful, like you said. I think it's a. Uh... Did they come out there? They did. They came out here wow. and played, and that's when I got a chance to interview him, which was awesome. He's never stopped, and he's and he does. You know, he continues to work away. I mean, it's interesting when he moved to Cambridge. It seemed so odd, you know, to have them leave. Right. He's such a fixture here. Yeah. And he seemed, Arlington seemed like such a incredibly important part of who he was. You know, like there's so many Arlington references. And so it was really strange when he moved up there. I actually don't know why he moved up there. Did he go up there for work? Maybe he did. I don't, I don't know. know why he went up there. Yeah. But that was that. Yeah. Isn't know? that strange how things just change Yeah. overnight like that? I think that he and I have become, over the years, we've had more of a, in some ways, we've had more contact since he went to Cambridge. We don't, you know, we don't see a lot of each other, but... I can say that whenever I see him, I'm always, it's always a good day. <laughs> so you'll get invited to the Teen Beat Banquet now? I don't think I will, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they still That's have so them, funny. but I don't think, I think at this point it would be, it would it would mess with the order of, you know. The universe. The order of the yeah, stars. Totally. Yeah, best of all, I just don't. I have no idea. Maybe things got too, maybe they got too ribald or something. That's funny. Oh my gosh. I have no idea. You know, we did some shows with him, too. I mean, obviously, we played with Unrest, and we also played Air Miami and uh, Evelyn's band, Blast Off Country Style. That's pretty great. Yeah, they were great. They they played with us at the show in um, Fugazi, that is. They played with us in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was, like, one of the most... In fact, it might be the show that's in the instrument movie. There's like, this whole crazy show in Knoxville where we are have fighting the fans, and I throw a guy out, you know, <laughs> for spitting in my face and all this stuff, and... <laughs> I think they opened for that night. Wow. Which is pretty great. Yeah. You know, they're they're great. They're just super nice people and cool band. And I thought, you know, there was one other band, Air Miami and Unrest, but there's a third one, I think, that he did, which is escaping me at the moment. But all of his bands are sort of, oh, it's Flynn Flon. That's what it was. Oh, that's right. Flynn Flon. Right, yeah. Flynn Flon. I had to look at my... I have a whole stack of Team Beat records on the shelf here that I can, I can quickly... I can look at... I also don't know how many records. How many records do they put out at this point? Do you have any idea? No clue. A yeah, lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot. A couple of the records I really, really love. One record that people don't ever talk about, but it's the Butch Willis and the Rocks record. Huh? Yeah. But Butch Willis was a a local. He's from here, and he's he's a pretty crazy guy. And they were, you know, they were a band. They had a guy, a guy named Al Breon in the band, and he played throat guitar. And <laughs> okay, you can. Watch, there's a video of him online, actually. It's B-R-I-O-N, Brion. But he would, he had his own mic, and the whole time he would just sing while chopping his throat with his, he would make a sound while chopping his throat with his hand. So it's like, ah, like that exactly, like that sound. <laughs> but the songs are great. They're, you know, and when the first record that Mark put out, it's just such a great record. I don't know, I can't remember what it's called. It might just be called Butch Wilson the Rocks. But, but that was the kind of thing he would always, Mark, I think, was interested in, sort of peculiarities and he would find things that he just he just was into and he would just like focus on it and put it out whereas i would i think discord we were always just looking for bands who were actually like super active and able to tour and that sort of thing right yeah no it's true i mean every every indie label has a different kind of you know vision for what they're trying to put together but i've always been really impressed by mark's vision mm-hmm. yeah he's he came down. He did it. He actually filmed. I don't. Did he do? I don't know if he put it up, but he did the Discord House. I think he did a a little movie about Discord House. Cool. 
Yeah, I, I know he filmed it. I don't know if he ever put it up, but it was, it was really fun having him just come in. And he just likes little details, so you just find some little spot. And he just set up a camera and then just shoot. There's like one tiny little detail. It could be like a crack in the wall or a piece of torn paper or something. Amazing. Very cool. Well, thank you for sure. giving us your reminiscences about Mark Robinson and Ian McKay. Thanks so much for being a guest today on The Future of What? Of course. Did you like what you heard? Then subscribe to The Future of What on iTunes. And thanks for listening.
That was unrest. 